point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Welcome to Beer with Buffy, everyone. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we're going to review Season 6, Episode 6 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, All the Way. That title's gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll get to that later. I I was going to make some lewd, off-color jokes, and I still am. (laughs) Don't worry, but I'm going to refrain from that for just a moment because I, I want to have... Uh, uh, a solemn moment of silence for Hinton Battle. If you didn't hear the news, he passed away last Tuesday, January 30th of 2024. Um, If you're not familiar with that name off the top of your head, I guarantee you, if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly who he is. He played Sweet on Once More With Feeling. Yeah. Um, And... He he lived from November 29th to uh, never November 29th 1956 to January 30th 2024. He died at 67. Uh, he played the Scarecrow in the Wiz, the original, the original Scarecrow in the Wiz on Broadway at the age of 15. Jeez. Before Michael Jackson played him, this guy was a legend. He was the real deal. He was a big fucking deal. He was Mr. Broadway. Um, I'm not going to go down his entire list of credits, but you should definitely take a minute of your time of your day, uh, to go look at what he did and just, just remember him. So everyone, a moment of silence for Hinton Battle. Rex, cheers to Hinton Battle. Didn't know him as a person, but he changed our lives anyway. Yeah. We were lucky to have him. So, on that note, let's move along. Um, Hey, Rex. Hey, what? So, we've got this thing on this show called Executive Producers, or as we like to say, fuck a doodle do. No, you like to say fuck a doodle do. It feels a bit... I I do not... Talk about fucking doodle doos all the time. You that love is it. Your special interest. You love it. <laughs> yeah, it feels a little extra irreverent today, but we got a segue somehow. <laughs> no, I, I I have to mention this just because it it actually like fills me with a, just a little bit of joy. Um, the first name that I will read today, I'm kind of excited because uh, they signed up. Today, today, <laughs> go on. So when when uh, Monica, our new our new executive doodle do listens to this episode, she will know that the day she signed up for Patreon is the day that we recorded it, and that, that that's kind of fun. Cool. Well, that's just neat. I'm probably going to butcher this last name, but our first executive doodle do, our newest executive doodle do, is Monica. Fonseca Tellez? I hope that's right. Go with it. T. Subba Spike? 
Audrey, two French last names, Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Allie B, Nathan Lancy, Dulcinea, Rachel Doodledoo, DTS, Cubby the Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Like Turtle. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not fucking with nope. it. Nope. You changed it. So, oh my Pat God. changed it. Uh, bad at changing their name. Heaps, Andy Burgess, Two Tone, Don't Call Bradley Cooper a Gnome. I think it's just because that's Kefro Gnome. Yeah, it's Kefro Gnome. Father DeFinistrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without all of you, this show literally is not possible. That being said, did we call Bradley Cooper a gnome? Yeah. I is, don't it, recall. Is that what I'm picking up here? I'm, I'm confused. Even if I wasn't legitimately confused, I would purposefully misconstrue that. To make it sound like we've been calling Bradley Cooper a gnome repeatedly. Well, I'm. I think the thing that confuses me is uh, there's an emoji in that name, so I'm thinking maybe I'm missing something because maybe like there was a typo or something. I don't know. Okay. Maybe she can call in and let us know. Madam of many monikers, <laughs> please do exactly that. We have a iTunes review now. I would be happy to read you that <laughs> iTunes review. It is short and sweet. Nice and simple. Five-star review from Bree Rock on December 28th, 2023, titled Bree is the Me One. The body of the message reads, uh, banter between the hosts is fun. Thorough synopsis, overall a fun listen. Love it. Short and sweet. Can't I like short and sweet. Can't complain. No notes. Yeah. That is, that is all that we ask. Uh, if you're going to review us, is that you also write something? At least, if you want to be in the running to win a free hoodie, yes. When we get to 75 reviews, we are currently at 66. Anybody who's oh, nine more written a review, not just clicked the stars. We love the stars. Do that all day long if you want. But if you want to win a hoodie, you know what to do. Like I, we have a good number of listeners. We get enough downloads that I know, I know. There's at least nine more people out there who have thought about giving us a review <laughs> and at least and if those nine people just give us a review we get to give away a hoodie and i just want to say we got the filament company that we do our merch through actually got new hoodies and they are quite good oh yes way way better than previous hoodies so like if you if you do this now and we get those nine reviews you got a chance to win a really nice hoodie i even made up a real uh, nice new design called the master edition that has an image of the master on the front left part of the uh you know where our breast pocket would be uh, and I sent a copy of that to Mark Metcalf himself. Yeah. And uh, also, don't forget that if you have an idea for a piece of Beer with Buffy merch that you would like and we don't have. We can whip that yeah. up real quick. Get, no problem. Send us an email. Contact us on Facebook. Um, just get a hold of us and I'll put something together. If I'm you, happy to do if it. If you'd like a picture of a dildo on that breast pocket, we'll do it. I'm not sure if we actually can do that one. Really? I don't know if the fulfillment company has like some sort of some sort terms of, of service. Yeah. yeah, that one that one might be gray area. Lame. That being said, I'm not above it. <laughs> We're gonna find out the hard way or the big floppy rubber way. 
<clears throat> that is correct. Um, so uh, we do have voicemails, or at least one, if I'm rec- remembering correctly. Uh, but we've been so swamped. Sorry, we're a week late on this episode. Yeah, we're going to get to those more mid-season of this season. But we got a lot on our plates right now. <coughs> no reason. Um, no reason. Yep. Gosh, I oh right, can't remember. Sorry. It's, uh, it's my job to tee this up. Hey, Josh, how about a mom synopsis? Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? Do you think I'm too old for trick-or-treating, Mom? <laughs> oh, no, of course not. You'll always be my baby boy. Do whatever makes you happy. My 39-year-old baby boy. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm going to go stay the night at a friend's house tonight. No, you can't do that. How will I control you if you're not with me? I'll take you trick-or-treating, of course. Mom, I'm 39 now. (laughs) That's right, and I'm 67, so I'm still 28 years older than you. Damn it. When am I going to be older than you so I can make my own decisions? (laughs) Oh, honey, maybe next year. Yes, yes, definitely next year. But that's what you told me last year. (laughs) And it was true, Joshua. I would never lie to you, Joshua. I would never, ever lie to you. But but if you would never lie to me, then the next year must be the year for me. That's right, Joshua. Just kidding. Just kidding. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to go have sex in the woods with a group of strangers. Okay, thanks. Bye. Oh, Joshua, before marriage? Actually, it can't be premarital if I'm never going to get married. It defies the laws of causality. So <laughs> you just spit on me. I can't breathe. It defies the laws of causality, so bye now. I'll light a candle and pray for you, Joshua. Okay, just remember, I'll try a new class one narcotic every time you say that. (laughs) Damn it! And I'll dabble in alternative lifestyles like paganism and polyamory every time you swear at me. Son of a bitch! (laughs) I'll give you that one for free, but only because it's true. (laughs) <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> because today on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, business is booming at the magic box for Halloween, and Xander picks a golden blissful moment of peace for the Scooby gang to announce his engagement to Anyanka, the former vengeance demon. Buffy and gang throw an impromptu celebration at Buffy's house where Willow feels... Tara and Giles' disapproval of her overuse of magic, and Dawn holds Buffy to her promise to let her sleep over at her friend Janice's house. Dawn and Janice, however, lied to each other's legal guardians in order to slip out and go make out with boys who turned out to be vampires. Luckily for them, Janice's mother had the wherewithal to call Buffy's house and discovers their lie. So Giles springs into action. He sends Willow and Tara to check the bronze while he warns Buffy and Spike that they need to find Dawn. Tara and Willow argue some more at the bronze as Willow tries to use magic to sift through the crowd. 
Giles, Buffy, and Spike all converge on the roving gang of vampires hunting their prey at Makeout Point, and they kick all their asses. Dawn has to stake the vamp who she was falling in love with and gave her her first kiss. Buffy expects Giles to handle Dawn's discipline, while Willow casts one more spell to control Tara's memory of their fight. They fall asleep in each other's arms as if nothing at all had happened. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. Soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. It's a bit more thorough than most of your synopsises. Synopsi? Synopsises? Whichever. Yeah. Sure. I don't judge here. Here with Buffy, except when I feel like it. I'm very grateful that I took the time to use my inhaler. (laughs) Because I think, honestly, that would have sent me into an asthma attack. (laughs) I'm also glad you used your inhaler then. Yeah, this one was a little more thorough because I feel like this was an eventful episode. Not only is it eventful, but it's setting us up for so many things that had to be planned months and months in advance for the fucking musical episode that happens after this. Yeah. But anyway, we open with an establishing shot on the magic box. Anya skates around in hot pants. Very hot pants. Woo! Rattling off sale items to the mob of customers. Xander gets in arguments with obnoxious kids using a stupid pirate voice and threatening them with his plastic hook. Hold on. I just I want to make a I want to quick mention the kid that he's in an argument with. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me it was the same kid from Jurassic Park that Alan Grant fucks with. No. Damn, that would have been awesome. Um, no. Uh, so this kid like was very notable uh, through the 90s. Like he he made. Wait, was it Chunk from the Goonies? No, no. But he he's best known for the TV show Even Stevens, which is a little after our time. <clears throat> Never heard of it. But this kid, who, by the way, is only like 10 or 11 okay. at the time of this recording. I mean, it looks like at it. At the time of the this episode. Yeah. But by the time he showed up on Buffy, this kid had 18 acting credits. God damn. He was on Frasier, ER. His first gig was Married with Children. <laughs> Xander was also on Married <clears throat> with Children. I mean, Nicholas Brendan. Really? Yeah. I forgot about that. I, it was only one brief little cameo. I mean, it's not a cameo if you're not famous, but right. he was an extra. Right. But no, like, this kid stopped, like, his last acting credit is, like, 2014. Hmm. Um, he was born in 1990. So, you know. Makes, you, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. But, uh, dude, like, very prolific child actor for TV. Interesting. And, like, most of his roles is playing exactly this character. <laughs> the, like, obnoxious kid. Yeah. Wow, what a that's a hell of he a does career. It well. He does it well. Hell of a career choice. Good for you, kid. But yeah, I just I just saw him and I'm I I was thinking that he had appeared on Pete and Pete, but he didn't. Huh. Would have made sense. Right. But I could I couldn't figure out what kid what actor on Pete and Pete I was thinking he was. But I that's what I had thought I had known him from. All right. Well, stop the recording. <clears throat> this is now a Pete and Pete rewatch podcast. Oh, God. We have to watch that until we figure out which character you were thinking of. I don't remember if Pete and Pete was actually as good as I remember it being, though. And then we can come back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. So we're not stalling for anything. 
No. I at all. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm sure there's already plenty of Pete and Pete rewatch podcasts. Also, yeah, I think there's a lot of nostalgia to that show that would probably get ruined by going back and rewatching it. And salute your shorts. Oh, def- I bet that's cringy as fuck now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> but that's when I'd be willing to re- to ruin in my adulthood. Yeah, maybe. I liked it a lot. Maybe. Anyway, Xander's really hamming it up with the whole pirate thing, uh, arguing with the kid that he is, in fact, a real pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, he fucking threatens the kid. Right. <laughs> I with think a be, plastic hook. With a plastic hook. Yeah. Where you can see his hand holding yes. the handle underneath it. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, to the kid's credit, he's wearing the most cookie-cutter Halloween garbage pirate costume you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. And this fucking stereotypical voice he's doing. It, the kid was right to criticize him. Yes, in fact. <laughs> Um, um, obviously, he, they the costumers and Nicholas Brennan could have done better, but I think that was the point. Right. They're uh, just... yeah. They're starting the episode having some nice Hallmark-style plastic Halloween fun, and it puts the rest of the episode in a little bit of contrast to make it feel more real. Yeah. Giles calls for Xander's help because he's actually supposed to be working retail, not arguing with 10-year-olds. I mean, what actually was he supposed to be doing, though? Uh, Helping... Helping Giles pack bags. Oh, and, which is why Buffy yeah. ends up doing it later. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They did kind of establish yep. that. Yeah. I assumed maybe he was on customer relations or something. I don't know. But Anya is roller skating around the shop dressed. Dressed as a Charlie Angel. Not modestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, them some short shorts. God those damn. are some short shorts. The only way those shorts could have been shorter <laughs> is if they were underwear. Yeah. Or, you know, a bathing suit bottom. Uh, Dawn asks what she's supposed to be, and she's like, I'm an angel. I'm a Charlie angel. Mm-hmm. But no, obviously Dawn doesn't understand the reference. She wants to know where Dawn's <laughs> costume is, but Dawn's too cool for school. She's like, yeah. what am I, six? <laughs> like, no, you get to dress up and play games. That's fun. Who doesn't want to do that? And Anya says to Dawn, oh, Xander and I play games. He's going to teach me a game called Shiver Me Timbers later. Giggity. Tara intervenes and says, actually, Don, go help Willow in in the magical text section. This conversation just got NC-17. Don, run. (laughs) And then uh, Anya asks Tara if she's ever played Shiver Me Timbers. And quote of the day, Tara responds with, not really much for the timber. (laughs) (laughs) Get it? Because she's a lesbian. (laughs) It's still funny, though. That's where the joke was. No, it's quite good. It's quite good. So we follow Dawn over to Willow, who's flipping out on people dressed as stereotypical witches because she's a hipster like that. Yeah. Let people enjoy things. Right. They're muggles, you idiot. (laughs) Even though, ironically, they're at a magic shop. Also, fuck that term. Yeah. You know, I I knew you were going to say that. I... It's just, it's a good word for that. It is. I know she's... J.K. Rowling's a stupid, fucked up trans hater but i mean joss whedon's a piece of shit and we're still doing a show about his show yeah so i don't don't hate on people who like harry potter just because jk rowling sucks i mean there's plenty of problematic things about harry potter to hate but i think we'd be belaboring the message of this uh uh of what i'm trying to say right now if we didn't let people enjoy things yeah so (laughs) um 
Fine, I will let you enjoy the use of the word muggles. Yay, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Even, so, uh, yeah, Don, Don shows off her vocabulary a little bit. She's like, hey, don't stop the invective on account of me, because Willow's over here, like, literally verbally berating this poor woman dressed as a witch. Like, Willow's about to go dark on some asses. Yeah. But then this tiny baby toddler girl dressed as a cute little witch asks Willow, do do you have any more candy corn? (laughs) And, of course, Willow eats her own words immediately. Yeah. And uh, as she fucks off to go overfeed this child with sugar and perpetuate the, uh, the American nightmare of, you know, workers addicted to sugar. Um, among other things, Dawn steals this medallion that's laying on the table. Yeah. And um, she's not nearly as sneaky about it as she thinks she's being. No. But also, it's so fucking chaotic in that store. Like, yeah. who the fuck is paying any attention? She looks exactly like somebody who's stealing things at the checkout lane. Yeah. Looking around, putting her hands in her pockets, being all. It's like, that's how they know you're stealing. Yeah. If they're not stopping you, it's not because they don't know. It's because they don't care because they don't get paid enough. Right. <laughs> um, but also, Don, you know how busy everyone is. You don't have to try right now. You really right. don't. Yeah. But it's good storytelling. Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> so Anya asks Buffy to go get some mandrake root from the basement. Oh, and I fucking love this callback. <laughs> yeah. Buffy calls back to the last episode. All right. Don't blame me if we have this conversation over and over. Uh, and as she's walking down the basement stairs and over and over, over and, and over. over. <laughs> uh, it, it was Groundhog Day just yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's why, too bad we didn't record yesterday. That would have been ironic. Yeah. Um, did I send you the video of this guy who talked about in college they did a Groundhog Day party? Yes. <laughs> and the, the whole thing was that they planned the party in a way that the first day they did it, they attempted to do exactly the same party step for step and i thought about that all day yesterday i was like man that is logistically a nightmare right yeah it's it's a fun idea you'd need a solid group of friends who are really dedicated you would need a tight improv acting troupe to pull that shit off Um, yeah but even an improv acting troupe is going to be like that's dumb we're never going to be able to pull off the same thing twice in a row i think it depends without, on the group without of people. writing it down and rehearsing it. it but it's fun to try it's yeah. it's not a show it's just a party anyway <laughs> um it's a fun idea i like it yeah so yeah buffy runs into spike immediately in the basement and uh quarter of the day buffy's startled she says bell neck look into it <laughs> come with a nice leather collar does it <laughs> yeah, like, like so that. right out of the gate yeah uh, we're talking, you know, sex, someone's cheeky, sexy bondage stuff, at least low key. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it, it's not explicitly right, but they both know. Yeah, they that, know. that was a sexual reference. They know. Oh, yeah. And Spike is on the market for some burba weed and, uh, you know, whatever we might be calling Buffy's vagina these days. <laughs> Does burba weed work? <laughs> I, th- I think burba weed works. Would would it make blood spicy? I I like. Maybe we shouldn't go there. I like the the way that Spike kind of goes. Hey, are you like up for a rough and a rough and tumble? And he he does it in a way where it's like, I'm gonna claim patrolling 
Unless, unless <laughs> you take it the other way and you're down for that kind of rough and tumble. I mean, Spike, <laughs> we know, is uh, the second best liar in the history of history, bested only by Lucifer. Yeah. So uh, it's completely believable to look at his face that he's being completely innocent about this. Yeah. And we know he's not. But we know. It's bullshit. He's fishing. Oh, yeah. And um, Buffy's mind also, however, is in the gutter. <laughs> yeah. The gutter. And suddenly... She knows. Suddenly the sexual tension is just <laughs> palpable. You oh, could, they, they get awkward. You could they cut it with Spike's dick. Which is dull, mind you, um, <laughs> because it's a dick. If he's got a pencil dick, I'm going to be very upset. So. That is probably something you will never learn the answer to. Thank and God. And you'll just have to, you know, be okay with that at the end of your life. I'm assuming it's canonically probably a good dick. <laughs> Whatever it's, we're not talking. We're not talking about James Marsters' dick here. Okay. We're talking about Spikes. Got it. Yeah. I get it. And I get it. He didn't get where he is having a crappy dick. So on today's episode of Beer with Buffy, Josh is going to be talking about good dick. Hello. <laughs> 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 do the whole episode with a dick in my mouth <laughs> please don't not your dick yeah. we're gonna have to hire some extras <laughs> <laughs> Woo. okay <laughs> i mean so anyway like you you can tell not only what she thinks he means but she's fucking considering it oh yeah she's not immediately disgusted by the thought and kicking his ass or running away. Uh, and Spike tries to hide his disappointment that she says no, even just to patrolling. Uh, but he's got plans to watch The Great Pumpkin. Yeah. Which, confirmed for me, is that a Charlie Brown special? I do believe it is. Because that was all that Charlie came Brown up. Charlie Brown and The Great Pumpkin. Yeah, that was all that came up when I Googled it. Charlie Brown everything. <clears throat> so right. I know I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. So yeah, Spike watching Charlie Brown is a pretty sad idea the the um, parting line here that buffy gives is so much easier to talk to when he wanted to kill me yeah <laughs> and yeah that's you mean less arousing buffy <laughs> less awkward i suppose that would be easier but less fun i mean that's more straightforward less confusing emotions so <clears throat> she uh, she runs it past giles upstairs now that maybe she should go patrolling but it's Halloween night, Buffy. Nothing ever happens on Halloween night. But now she's got the Spikes D on her brain, boy. But she can't get to, it off of her mind. To which, to which Buffy rebuttals, yeah, what about costumes that become real? Houses that don't let you leave? Tiny little fear demons? <laughs> what about the last five seasons of this television show, yeah. Giles? <laughs> Anthony? Mr. Head? Huh? What about? I think he's Sir Head. Sir, oh, is he knighted? Yeah. Motherfucker. Of course he is. <laughs> I didn't think he could get more awesome. Yeah, he's Sir Anthony Stewart Head. Son of a bitch. Good for him. <laughs> like he needed another feather in his cap. Right. All right. 
Uh, Giles assures her that Halloween is the least important day to ever worry about demons and vampires. They're all taking a break. Also, if anything calamitous should happen, history suggests it will happen to one of us. He starts handing her things, and she accepts her fate as a bagger. Uh. Woo! Ew. All right. Well, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From axe to Z other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Cut to the street. Yeah, some creepy old dude coming home with a bag of groceries. Yeah. Yeah. And he fingers a knife a little bit. He's he's humming to himself as he's carrying some groceries or a, a grocery bag anyway. He's humming Pop Goes the Weasel. Very as creepily as possible. Yeah. Uh it's definitely a minor key. He spies out the window at some kids in costumes. Ominous music plays as he pulls out a knife and he's like, Daddy's gonna give you something special this year. I'm like, uh, uh. Dun dun dun. Ew. Opening credits. Eh. <laughs> yeah opening credits and we are at the magic shop everyone's all tuckered out except for anya who excitedly counts money and thanks them all for helping her or i mean us <laughs> make a whole mound of money let's do it again tomorrow collective groan and they have to clean giles starts to pull out the brooms uh Willow makes some jokes about just, you know, cleaning things up the Fantasia way. Oh, she was only <laughs> fractionally joking, though. Nah, I don't think she was joking at fucking... She was joking in the same way that Spike used the term rough and tumble. Yeah. <laughs> he was ready for it one way or another. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, Giles is like, huh, how about we don't do that? That sounds like a bad idea. And then they start making jokes about Mickey and having only three fingers and having to wear gloves to overcompensate. Yeah, blah. Buffy mocks and muses quippily about Xander's lame costume as Xander is transfixed with Anya and Dawn dancing around with money, doing the capitalist superiority dance. And Xander's like, I'm going to marry that girl. And Buffy's like, she's 15 and my sister. (laughs) Oh, right. Your your girlfriend. You're dating the other one. Right. That's standing next to my... Okay. And he finally announces their engagement. Yes. Xander is inspired in this moment of beautiful community togetherness to announce his engagement to Anyanka. Yes. And they kiss. And Anya's like, I thought you were waiting for the right moment. Xander takes the perfect amount of pause time and says, I did. And Anya gets so wet immediately she just hucks a wad of money at dawn and yeah i mean come on if xander made her throw her money away yeah she said sploosh motherfucker come on if that's not a sign of doing the exact right thing (laughs) i don't know what is she needed the extra hands to uh, fucking feel up (laughs) xander for the next 20 minutes in front of everyone no and actually they they kind of they do some some uh, professional level tonsil hockey. A, a little bit of tonguing, yeah, yeah. So Buffy's like, uh, "Hey Giles, did you know about this?" And he's like, uh, "No, unless I blocked it from my memory, much as I will Xander's vigorous use of his tongue." <laughs> Buffy says, "Is that why you're always cleaning your glasses so you don't have to see what we're doing?" Tell no one. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked that line. 
more, I think, because it's not delivered in a ahoy zinger way. You know, it's it's like just slid across the table, if you will. It's delivered expertly yeah. by a consummate professional. Well, obviously. Yeah. And after a few moments of everyone watching them make out, Buffy decides they have to do something, which I guess means an impromptu party. Yeah, well, it's, you know, they're she says it in a way like we have to do something to stop this but she means no we have to throw a party i didn't take it that way at all oh that but I, that's a i fun, guarantee that's exactly how they wrote it that's a fun interpretation though i'll i'll go with it yeah i mean it would have been pretty shitty if they had just been like oh great news all right good night i mean the level of emotional response feels off like, they want to be happy for Anya and Xander, but I don't know. They don't all seem all that happy for Anya Well, and we, we can get to that more later, especially Giles' little conversation with Xander. Oh, yeah. I have He's, things to say on that. Not exactly being supportive, but <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, cut to Buffy's house. Anya shows off the ring while reminiscing about how Xander proposed. Uh, Giles brings beverages. Tara and Willow bring snacks. Buffy apologizes that it couldn't have been more fancy. Anya assures that there will be more celebrations with gifts. With gifts! And Tara mentions offhandedly, uh, may, maybe we'll even have time to decorate. And Willow's like, fuck that! Boom! Have some magic decorations! You get some decorations! And you get some decorations! Oh, yeah! That's too many decorations. And uh, Tara is unamused. Yeah. Anya and Dawn are tickled pink, though, but Giles also unamused. And we cut to the kitchen where Tara gently broaches the subject with Willow that she disapproves of her frivolous use of magic. But she doesn't say it in so many words. She's like, you know, we could have gone to the grocery store and yeah. bought some decorations. Or, you know, just not really had them because it was an impromptu party. Yeah. Like, it may... And Willow doesn't care because it makes people happy. And yeah. Willow gets kind of shitty about Everyone's it. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Happy, 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 happy. <laughs> and uh, Dawn accidentally interrupts this argument because she's checking on the chips, which I think is code for something. Uh, possibly checking on no, the I, chips. I think she just wanted chips. I think they needed tortilla chips. I really want chips. She needed salt. That Maybe poor, she has pots. That poor girl. <laughs> She's like a deer in the woods. She's not drinking enough electrolytes. Low on sodium. <laughs> have such bad cramps. Uh, yeah. Like, somebody feed that girl. Damn. So anyway, it's not body shaming. Just saying you need electrolytes. Yeah. All right. Uh, living room. Buffy. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's an important <laughs> thing. You have two types of Americans that are, well... America in general is way too dehydrated, but you have two types of Americans that are dehydrated. You have the ones who consume nothing but, you know, grease, fat, and salt, and don't drink any fucking water, and they're dehydrated. And then you have the other ones who drink nothing but gallons of water every day, and they're flushing their system of all fucking electrolytes. Yep. Which is why they're thirsty all the fucking time. Yep. And you know how I know this, Josh? Because the moment I started getting my fiance to start drinking electrolytes, they drank less fucking water. Weird. Like, you know, maybe they needed some fucking salt. I mean, not that I need to inflate your ego anymore, but that also kind of saved my life because I started drinking Gatorade about the same time. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of what <laughs> yeah. was wrong with me. Yeah. Cool. Good to know. Electrolytes are important. <laughs> 
well, yeah, I knew that. I just thought I was getting enough for my food. It turns out, no. Um, I, or I was, and it was getting flushed away by the water, like yeah. you said. So anyway, yeah, I was like, why am I drinking water and it's not satisfying? What the hell? That's the worst feeling. Anyway. Um, so, sorry, this is your beer with Buffy P, uh, PSA. Drink electrolytes if you're drinking lots of water. Yeah, drink Gatorade. It's It's got electrolytes. It's what plants crave. But but go with the, the zero-calorie Gatorade because, honestly, you don't need all that fucking sugar. That's true. And I do. Thank you. Thank you. Just like we drink zero-calorie ginger beer here I mean, on Beer with Buffy. I, I got to say, fair disclaimer, this zero-calorie ginger beer makes me have to piss my brains out. So it's it's not hydrating me, but it is delicious and sugar-free. It is delicious and sugar-free. And the best kind of fake sugar that exists. Yes. Um, it's, it's like... Like, actually the best. I'm not going to yeah. go into that tangent. Look it up. So we're in the living room. Buffy shares a moment with Xander, makes a joke about him at one point having to pay a girl to date him. He retorts, define date. <laughs> and I don't recall that ever actually happening either. canonically. So I guess that's just where the joke was. Yeah. Um. Like, wait, was he buying hookers this whole time? I mean, Son it would a, explain some things. It would explain some things. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Because then he would have at least been getting laid. And so why was he such a dick the whole time? Maybe, or maybe it explains. Maybe he's a dick because he's having to get laid all the time oh, by paying for sex. I was, well, was going to say maybe that explains why he stopped being a dick after season two or something. Oh yeah, or started to get better anyway. Thank you, sex workers. Um, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> either. Maybe, maybe just don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's 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 move on. Alrighty, so <laughs> uh, yeah, a little more banter. Don jokes about getting a tattoo. Buffy nearly loses her shit about it. Don goes to uh, leave the house, reminding Buffy that she said she could stay at her friend's house tonight for Halloween. And Buffy gets real weird and uncomfortable uncomfortable blah, 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 about it, <laughs> and uh, even tries to get Giles's opinion, but he's like. Not my monkeys, not my circus. And I'm like, oh, Giles, they are your monkeys and they are your circus, but you're, you're doing the right thing anyway. He's like, that's yeah. really not my call. It is your call, Buffy. Stop treating him like the dad. Yeah. I mean, you can treat him like your daddy, but, <sighs> you know, not the, don't don't be gross, Rex. I you said it that way. I Yeah, but it's because he's your daddy. <laughs> He said, come on, daddy. <laughs> Can Dawn leave the house, daddy? Not if you keep saying it that way. <laughs> but not in a sexual way. I can't stress that enough. We do not want Buffy and Giles. The problem is, doing Josh, that. if you keep saying it in the way that you're saying it. I don't see what the problem is, people Rex. People will think that. But daddy, <laughs> why would they think that? I don't know why they would think that. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> this is me being confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> so Buffy finally agrees reluctantly, but alertly. Um, um, now I'm just quoting Groundhog Day. Buffy finally agrees reluctantly, uh, and Don fucks right off, promising to go straight there. It's only four blocks away or something. And now uh, we're on the street. Don is just strutting down the sidewalk. She pulled it off. She pulled off the great heist. Um, 
of getting no, permission. Uh, hmm? It's the Great Escape. It is the Great Escape. It's yeah, heist. It's an escape. Same diff. Prison Break. I guess she, when she's not really stealing anything except permission. So right. she's escaping. She is escaping. It's a Prison Break. You're right. It's yeah. not a heist. It's she's a prison break. heisting the the escape. So I mean, <laughs> heists and prison breaks, as you know, stories are they're the same thing. They're the same formula. Oh, good to know. It's just, you know, the difference is you're getting into a place you're not supposed to be and you're getting out of a place you're not supposed to get out of. I never thought of it that way. Huh. Huh. So uh, Dawn walks down a dark alley where she hears some noises, specifically a glass bottle tinking against something. But it's just a couple making out. And then she bumps into Janice, her friend. Yes. And they're going to the park. And they both. To meet boys. To meet boys. And uh, they both lied to their parents, well, you know, to the legal guardians yeah, anyway, about guardians. where they were going to be. They said that they pulled a classic. They're like, so they both think that they're going to be at each other's house. So they that way they can get away with cavorting around unsupervised, which was never a difficult thing for me to get away with in the 90s. But I guess this is technically the early 2000s. Uh, but also, like... <sighs> But also, Jan- I wasn't- Janice hints that her mom is very strict, uh, and Buffy, knowing what's really going out in the fucking dark shadows of Sunnydale, is kind of really strict. Yeah. So like, like Buffy has more of an excuse than most parents to be well, super God, strict. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has solid fucking evidence. You were legitimately being chased by a hell god for the first year of your life. Yeah. Like it's that's a hard one to get over and stop being overprotective. Yeah. I imagine. So we're at the park now where douchebag Zach is standing on a swing, whooping around like an asshole. Uh, he jumps down to leer and catcall at Dawn um, as they're introducing her, as Janice is introducing her to the guys. Justin introduces himself like a fucking gentleman. Yeah. And they recognize each other from a couple of parties. Uh, they all ask the eternal question. So... What do you guys want to do? And they're like, I don't know what you want to do. I don't start that again. (laughs) Just in case anybody hasn't watched um, the original Disney version of a jungle book recently. That's where that's from. Is it? Yeah. The buzzards. Oh, yeah. That sound like the Beatles. I haven't seen that in a long time. Right? But no, they decide they're going to go have some classic Halloween shenanigans by smashing pumpkins and egging houses and flattening people's tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teenage bullshit shenanigans that aren't even sex yet. Yeah. Um, yet. <laughs> Don uh, Don's arguing to Justin that witches don't look like that. And there was no lead into this. We're just kind of coming in on this conversation cold. Well, the, the cut to was an egg hitting... A uh, picture of a witch. Oh, okay. I missed that. Uh, so, but because of earlier, she's like, you know, witches don't even look like that. And you don't want to make them angry. Uh, but she backs up on that when he's like, you got a lot of witch friends? No, I just read about it. <laughs> Come on, Don. We know you don't read. I mean. She might. She has pretty good vocabulary. She's definitely smart. Not yeah. calling her stupid. She's a very smart girl. So... <laughs> Fucking nerd. Anyway, Zach squawks about a new uh, target and Justin whoops after him. Don and Janice follow calmly. Zach and Justin have a similar but far more cringy version of the same conversation. 
that they just had. Like, yeah. Hey, because the girls are like, so what do you think? He's okay. Okay as in ho-hum or okay as in I want to pee my pants. And all Dawn says is pee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the guys are like, so what do you think? Well, she's cute. Congratulations on having eyes. What do you, what do you, do you think you want to go all the way? Which obviously we're just thinking sex at this point. We don't know what's going on 100% yet. Yeah. We all suspect, but, you know, because it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I don't like this. Yeah, I've got things to say, but I, I'm going to we'll wait. We'll get there. I'm going to wait we'll a scene there. or two. We'll get I there. think we're going to say the same thing at the same time. Yeah, I know yeah. we are. I just. <sighs> <sighs> I hope. The whole actually. episode, man. I know. The whole episode. Yeah, me just... too. Me too. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Do your Lamaze. Remember your Lamaze. You're having my I baby. You're I having... don't know. Okay. How to do Lamaze. All right. We're just, we're improving. This, you're pregnant with my baby. We're no. getting, we're getting Ew. ready for an adult life of not having children. So we have I to. I know I'm supposed to do the yes and thing, but that, no. We have to LARP, I don't, Rex. I, it's the only way. I am not yes anding on LARP. Thank you. I'll go get the basketball. I'm not okay with this. <laughs> it's, hey, it's a lot easier to take care of than a baby. Well, yeah, you can just bounce it and then you can play basketball. So then I have to play basketball. This is way better. Yeah. (laughs) Never mind. We'll just have a baby for real. No. (laughs) We'll just adopt. I will stick to just having my cat. Thank you. Lame bastard. (laughs) All right. But only if you come up with a contraption on your stomach that Edgar can sit in for nine months and then sploosh out of this is what i need rex help a guy out do this for me (laughs) i got nothing all right mission accomplished i broke rex It's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Putrefying diseases. It'll make you blind and insane, but it won't kill you. Light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. This is how I like it. Please remove your clothing now. I don't understand how you come up with this shit. I don't know either. (laughs) Guys, this motherfucker pushes his computer over to me the other day and he's like, hey, just type. Just, just just type a few lines. I'm like, I was showing you a plugin for a piece of software. And I, I was use. like, you want me to just type? All right. You fucking asked for it. Hey, I knew it was going to be unhinged. You get to deal with the full brunt of my stream of consciousness. When I took my laptop back, I'm like, okay, what unhinged shit did Josh write today? Something about watermelons. I don't even remember. I don't even remember either. I'm pretty sure it got dirty real quick, though. <laughs> like three words. <laughs> you got three words before it got highly inappropriate. Highly inappropriate. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Janice butts into the guy's conversation about um, going all the way with the girls, and uh, she's like, you know, I'm getting bored, so. 
whenever you're done with all this juvie crap, let's do something else. And Zach just needs one more juvenile delinquent fix, and he spots the old man's house from earlier. Yes. Cut back to Buffy's house. This is the moment where I can't (laughs) tell if Giles is doing this on purpose or on accident, because it can go either way, and it's just funnier no matter which way you look at it. Why not both? Why not? But he basically dumps a ton of reality on Xander. Oh, in a very charming and innocent way. Oh, are you going to move in together? Well, if you're moving in together, you may as well put a down payment on a house. And, you know, that means if you get a house, you'll have a yard and you'll have to have kids and a dog and then retirement. And then you're going to (laughs) die. His his opener to this whole conversation is a quote of the day for me. Anya is a wonderful form of vengeance, Damon. I'm sure you'll spend many years of non-hell dimensional bliss. <laughs> Great way to put it. I can't tell if he's if the delivery is supposed to be him being mean or him genuinely trying to be nice. I, I think it's a little <clears throat> bit of both. Because how do you say something nicely to somebody who's marrying a former vengeance demon? He practically walks up and says, all right, Xander, I'm going to drive you into a panic attack one line at a time. Let's go. (laughs) Xander, I'd like to say to you that you're officially the stupidest human being (laughs) I've ever met, and I love you for it. That's that's really where Giles is going with this. Yeah, (laughs) he really is. Of all the people in the world that you could marry, somebody who spent hundreds of years punishing bad relationship (laughs) marriages, specifically men. Right. Okay. (sighs) Back to the old man's house, um, leaving Xander looking petrified. (laughs) What an asshole. He deserves it. Anya can do better. Back to the old man's house. Old man, Colton Bach. Rumor has it, uh, the man's Looney Tunes, and Zack dares Janice to smash his pumpkin. Dawn agrees to do it, even with Justin reassuring her that she doesn't have to, because Janice doesn't want to. Uh, but Dawn insists, and as she picks it up to throw it, a hand grabs her wrist, making her drop it, and it smashes anyway on the steps. Old man Kaltenbach is like, you should not have messed with those, sometimes they bite! Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> So Zach and Justin run up to protect her, which is maybe the most endearing thing that Zach does this whole episode. Right. Even though he threatens an old man with kung fu because he grabbed her wrist, but whatever. Um, old man K laughs it off and invites them in. And he's like, daddy's got a treat. <laughs> oh, the old man is creepy. Yeah, I love it. Like it. So he invites them in, and then he tells essentially what is his life story, that he was a toy maker and loved to make toys and loved to see kids happy because they love his toys, and then talks about making one little mistake and how they wouldn't allow him to make toys anymore. And they took it all away. And it paints this picture that- They took my toys- I'm done. Yeah. It paints this picture that, like, he actually is a sweet old man. Uh-huh. He's just a little off the deep end it's because they, they took it. They took his passion away from him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's probably just 
you know, like autistic or something. He's he's a little weird, but he's nice enough. Yeah, well, they play up the creepy, and and he's like, "Who wants to help Daddy in the kitchen?" <laughs> How about you, Sally? And it's like that was the creepiest thing he said right there. And uh, Justin stands up and he's like, Sally's not much for the kitchen. Why don't I give you a hand, old man? As the old man's walking away, he's like, hens are good. Could always use more hens. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as, so they're it's in the kitchen. It's a really good line. It is. <laughs> you can always use more hands. It makes me think of the fucking llama. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Carl? <laughs> well, I... I kill people and I eat hands. That's two things. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in, they're in the kitchen as uh, Kaldenbach brandishes a knife. Of of course, this is all a gigantic red herring. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, no. Justin's a vampire. And he bites the old man's neck and they knock over the tray of Rice Krispie treats he was going to cut with the knife. He in was going to give them a treat. In the struggle. He, yeah. I fucking love Rice Krispie He treats. was going to give them a nice little actual tasty treat um, in the creepiest way possible. Daddy's got Krispie a treat treats. for you, children. Sorry, I'm distracted by thinking about Rice Krispie treats. Oh, good job. Congratulations. Keep it on track. I. But they're so good. I love they Rice are. Krispie they're treats. They're pretty delicious. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, snap, crackle, pop. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> you didn't say the mat anyway. I don't know why. I just I'm I'm always ready to quote either Jurassic Park or Ace Ventura, one yeah. or one or the other. So Justin emerges from the kitchen, normal faced again, claiming he just stole the old man's wallet, and they have to run. Uh, they walk out the door. The girls are all flustered. Justin tells Zach how rank the old man's blood was, while the girls aren't listening. And Zach promises a little taste of Don will wash that right out of his mouth. So uh, <sighs> so what do you think? Lunchables or go all the way and turn them. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Okay. So this is the point where I have things to say. I'm assuming you as well, Rex. I my things to say come a little later. Okay, great. I'm going to say my things there. Yeah, go right ahead. I'm actually uh, more than a little disappointed that these guys are just fucking vampires. I I don't care if this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I wanted the kooky old man to actually be the villain of this episode. I wanted him to get, like, super fucking crazy fucked up with them and, like, somehow manage to overpower the guys. Not even be a demon. Just be a dude who's really creepy. And then psychologically torture the girls without taking it to a sexual place. Um, And to just keep calling himself daddy the whole time. That's where I wanted this episode to go. That's the episode I wanted. This was a kick in the nuts. This is just lame. Otherwise, I mean, I mean it's, it's not a terrible episode. I don't hate where they took the episode, but I hate that they teased us with a better concept first. Yeah, that's your problem. When your red herring is a better idea than your actual a plot. Right. Then you're doing it wrong. That's all I've got to say about that. That is different than what I have to say. Cool. So it works out great. <laughs> but your stuff is later. Yes. OK, my stuff cool. is later. So uh, we're at Buffy's house. We're at Buffy's house where Anya continues with the freaking Xander out. Uh Uh-huh. You know, she's like, oh, Giles has been freaking you out? Here, I can do better. And she does. (laughs) Well, she just... Buffy, 
No, oh. Anya starts freaking Xander oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. out. And like she's like, oh, Giles was freaking Xander out. I can do better. Here, honey, here's what you have to look forward to in the many years of our marriage. And without even trying, she's just gushing with excitement over getting married as soon as possible because June weddings had the highest call for vengeance demons. They need to start planning for cars, houses, and babies. You got to plan for babies because otherwise they'll just fuck up your life and cram in as much marital bliss before death as you can because mortal existence is so short yeah if like if you're in any way prone to existential crises this is the moment to have one yeah and you know what xander's like hey i think i do want an existential crisis yeah so i got a quote (laughs) of the day here xander uh in response to her saying you have to plan for babies he's like yeah you you got to know what to call them before they hit college, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah beautiful. That's where the joke was. Excellent joke. It's excellent. Uh, Giles says, uh, Rupert is an exceptionally strong name. Anya says, yeah, if we want our progeny to eat paste and have their lunch money stolen. Like, ouch. <laughs> but also, zing. I mean, <laughs> but also Giles is a badass and maybe partly that's why. Right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a boy named Sue. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think that's actually how that works, but it's a no. fun idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Anya gushes some more about being the luckiest ex-demon in the world to find the one person she's meant to be with. How often does the universe allow that to happen? Xander starts to hyperventilate on the inside a little. Like, you can see it in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he steps outside with Buffy, and it's like, oh, sweet mother air. Buffy calms down his cold feet panic attack. Xander claims to be wallowing, not drowning. Xander goes back inside. Buffy fucks off to go blow off some steam. Giggity! With Spike on patrol. (laughs) Blow off some steam or blow off some Spike? Yes. (laughs) One happens in real life. The other one happens in her mind. Uh. Mm. (laughs) It's up to you to decide which. (laughs) So we're on the street. On the sidewalk. Yep. Don and... Uh, Justin. Yeah, Justin are walking down the street talking, and she's bragging about stealing all the time. She's such a... Uh, Klepto? What, no. What? A bad girl? <sighs> Juvenile delinquent. I'm sorry, Daddy. I've been a bad <laughs> girl. No, it's forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah, juvenile delinquent, but because uh, Justin actually counts out some money from old man Colvado's wallet and uh, gives it to Dawn while, you know, she's busy making a self-deprecating joke about being the little rubber feet under the feet of the ladder, you know, as in lower right. than the bottom rung because she's a freshman. I'm like, all right, whatever. Justin and Zach are obviously, you know, seniors at minimum you kidding me those kids look like they're fucking seniors in college i mean the the actors the actor who plays justin is five to six years older yeah i i was hoping you looked that up because i meant to and then i forgot i wanted to know how fucking old he is five to six years older things to say about that in a scene or two but for now he's still being very sweet that things to say in a scene or two yeah, yeah, that's what I got to say. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he capitalizes <clears throat> on this whole ladder analogy, um, and he thanks her for keeping him steady, like the rubber feet on a ladder. 
Um, it's super cheesy, but it's a damn good line. Well, it, and they, they, works. they bond over stealing things. She shares that she's been stealing lipstick forever. He gives her his coat and he notices that she's because she he notices that she's hugging herself for warmth. She's cold. They look like they're about to kiss. But Janice shows up with a huge glug informing them that Zach is getting the car. <laughs> like if she had just showed up without the huge glug, I don't think that moment would have been as funny. Like, she butts in to interrupt that moment. It would have just been like, oh, hey, Janice. But she shows up with a huge glug. Suddenly, now it's funny. I don't know what's so funny about that, but it is. Well, like, when you've got a comically large beverage, and you're just going <laughs> on it, that's funny. That's comedy. <laughs> I'll take That's a whole vaudeville that. act right there, I'll son. take your word for it. All right. But, you know, Don's like, he, he has a car? And I like, she says it. he has a car, is like, we've been walking this whole time. Oh, I <laughs> thought it was like, oh, that's so impressive. It was probably a little bit of that. I'm so turned on because you're boys with a car. But yeah, it cut to him getting a car, you know, by stealing it. Yeah. And uh, it... Sorry, by carjacking it. Presumably, the person is either dead or unconscious because they just slumped to the ground. Yeah. As Zach uh, peels out... I'm pretty sure that the woman or person, whoever, that Zach threw out of the car is the one later we see getting loaded into the ambulance. Absolutely is, which is why I'm also pretty sure that it's a woman. Yeah. yeah. They were tying that together on purpose. Very much so. I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I can stand in the hallway, right? Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Uh, cut to Buffy. She's walking down on the sidewalk, just littered in children in costumes and happy couples out with their kids, presumably. Yep. Uh, she sees some paramedics load a bite victim into the back of an ambulance. Very probably yeah. the woman that Zach pulled out of her car and drank from. So... Buffy's house. Yeah, uh, cut to Buffy's house where the phone rings and Giles answers it. Turns out to be Janice's mom because she's calling because they don't realize that the girls aren't at the other person's place. Yup. And you can tell that she tried to be like, well, why didn't you call me? And he's like, well, you, to be fair, you didn't call me either. But then they stopped that real quick. Yeah. Giles, the look on Giles's face is, <gasps> we've been hoodwinked. Oops. And yeah, they know now the kids aren't where they thought they were. Giles promises he'll let her know if he hears anything. Uh, Tara's sitting in the living room, and she is a combination of pissed and super depressed. Yeah. While Xander, Anya, and Willow are getting jiggy with it to the phonographs. Like you do. Oh, right. The stereo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how they could have a good time while Tara's over there looking like that. Like, come on, Right, guys. like... I can understand Willow kind of choosing to ignore it, yes. but Xander and Anya aren't that thick. They're, at least Xander's not, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, that's one of the nicest things, nicer things I'll say about him in general. Um, he's He would at least be like, um, maybe we should... Like, one of them would have been like, hey, Tara, come join us. Uh -huh. You know, something like or, that. what's wrong? Yeah. Uh, there's obviously something wrong. This, or at the very least, hey, you're dragging down my party. Why don't you go in the other room? You know? Oh, God. That would be so rude. <laughs> yeah. 
So and enter Giles, who comes in and kills the music, mm-hmm. informs them that things are afoot, and basically just divvies up everything to do. Xander and Anya are going to hold the fort. Tara and Willer are going to go downtown looking for Dawn and Janice, and then he's going to go get Buffy at Spikes. Correct. Cut to the woods. Zach and Janice tumble out of the car, giggling and play wrestling. Janice kisses Zach on the lips, ew, and says, you're it, and runs off into the woods. Come on and chase me now. And Zach vamps out and runs after her. He's like, I love it when they run. I'm like, wow. <laughs> nice setup. Yeah. You really, you really did that one to yourself. <laughs> she didn't know he was a vampire. It's fine. Yeah. So it's perfectly innocent, but also nothing about what Zach and Justin are doing is perfectly innocent and it has nothing to do with them being vampires. I meant perfectly innocent on <clears throat> Janice's part. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, obviously not Zach. <laughs> Christ on a cracker. Not No, he's the biggest <laughs> douchebag in the group. So uh, Justin and Don are sitting in the car. Don is super nervous. And Just, cold. Hmm? And cold. And a little cold, you even know, though she's there's wearing, only one person pumping body heat into the car. She's wearing two coats, though. <laughs> I'm like, you'd think she would have noticed that when he put the coat on her that it did not have any excess body warmth. Yeah. And hmm. I, th- I think I think that's one of the little things that bothers me the most about vampires canonically in this whole series is they never do anything. Like they point out that vampires don't have body heat, but they never do anything to address the fact that, like, okay, then I would notice if I were standing next to somebody and like touched them and they felt room temperature. Yep. Like that is not something you could even remotely not notice. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not normal. It's not okay. Or even if you're just talking to them um, <laughs> or if they somehow don't have breath. Right. But then are able to do CPR. I don't know. <laughs> So Dawn's also super nervous and being nervous yeah. and looking cold are kind <clears> of the are pretty similar things. So if you're actually both of them at the same time, you're going to look extra cold. And Justin goes in to kiss her and she deflects by uh, trying to turn on the radio. He turns the ignition on so it's got power and they turn the radio on. And then uh, she gets even more nervous and tries to ask, so what are you expecting to do? And he's like, shh. I just want to taste you. And even though that's like the creepiest way he could have possibly phrased it, and we all know the double meaning because we know that he's a vampire, but it still kind of works, and she's totally into that. And they make out for a spell. Honestly, it doesn't even look like good kissing to me. But it's But also like it's her first kiss. It's her first kiss, sure, but it's not his. And I guess they had to like... It, it was like they were sticking their lips out really far so that their faces didn't mash together too much so that the camera could see their lips touching, and he, which was a little weird. But also this guy probably had pending death threats from parents if he dared to use tongue on this 15-year-old. Yeah. I mean, uh, the actor, I mean. Yes. Uh, I, d- I mean, can how old was this guy when they filmed this? Because she's... Is, she is... She is 15. I want to I thought she was like 1 year older. She is Dawn is 14 in this No, they say her age in this episode. She's 15 in this cuz she's okay, 14. So then she's 16. She's 14 last season. Okay, fine. 
fine. Maybe she's 16. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He is, she was born the same year we were, and he was born five years earlier in in 79. Oh. He is five years older, which means he is 21 to 22. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, my God. And, like... I I profoundly believe that this setup of having a 21-year-old playing a high school kid with a girl who is legitimately a, f- a freshman in high school, uh-huh. like this would not fly today. Mm-mm. And it should not have flown then. It shouldn't have flown then. And like, oh God, it yeah. bothers me so much. Like they could have gotten a 17-year-old or... Maybe even an eighteen-year-old, but twenty-one—that's fucking wrong. The—that's not a. That's the fact not okay. that this whole episode is built around Dawn going out and hanging out with this fucking kid—it—it it ruined the entire episode for me. I could not watch this because the entire time I'm thinking is of the time when my sister was sixteen and. There was some guy who was 22 online trying to date her. Woof. And I remember having to have a conversation with her. I know kids that age. I was that age. And when I was that age, I wanted fucking nothing on any level to do with high school girls. I wanted nothing to do with young teenage girls. When you were 22? When I was 22. Absolutely nothing. There is no way ever that a 21, 22-year-old guy could have any remote interest in a teenage girl in any fashion whatsoever that is okay. It is absolutely impossible. If they have any any interest whatsoever, something is wrong there. Yeah. Because absolutely every single person I knew, granted, that that was on the level Mind you. Sure. Um, every single person that I knew after high school wanted fucking nothing to do with high schoolers. Yeah. The age difference isn't that much once you've both matured right. to a certain point. Like, my fiance is much younger than me, but we are also well into adulthood. Yeah. And you both met after you were both well into adulthood. Exactly. Very different than somebody who's yep. still a freshman in high school uh, and a guy just, who's old enough to graduate college it that's too much it, and it bothered the whole thing because the moment they showed up on camera i'm like yeah oh no yeah and i had to, i looked it up and i had to look up how old the actors were and i'm like and it it killed the episode for me Completely not, killed the episode for me. Not to sling around weird accusations, but since Joss Whedon's name is already quite ruined, yeah. I feel like this was him playing out his sick fantasy. Because and it might be. Because it is well known that he at least tried to hook up with uh, Michelle yeah. Trachtenberg. Ugh, yeah. God, it just. I wanted to just be able to watch the episode, but I fucking couldn't. I couldn't. It creeps me the fuck out. Yeah. Well, let's just try to get through it for now. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're they're about to be bad guys. We're we're through the, yeah, the worst of it. It's it kind of ends okay. Yeah. So she pulls sorry, away what, first. Sorry. One one last thing to say. <laughs> one last thing to say the, because I flipped the page of my notes and the, and this popped up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. 
the character Justin is like, hey, was that your first kiss? That was your first kiss. And my problem is that it could have been Michelle Trachtenberg's first kiss. Eh, it might have been. Granted, she is an actress mm-hmm. and like probably did all sorts of fucking school plays and shit, probably did all sorts of other work, and maybe this wasn't. But maybe it was. And it fucking it's bothers me. Not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I doubt it, but it is very possible. Uh, exactly. So, uh, yeah, she pulls away from him first and she goes, shiver me timbers. <laughs> Having a nice little callback to the beginning of the episode, yeah. which was a little funny. Um, you know, everything else aside. Yeah. Uh, she goes on a self-conscious rant about how it's definitely not her first kiss. And then just goes ahead and admits it and begs him to tell her how bad it was. And he kisses her again, saying it was perfect, which, to be fair, is the correct response in that situation. Yeah. And you know, for the character. Right. Um, cut to. Da Bronze. We haven't seen this place in a long while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, I mean, it also feels a lot longer because we took a break. Yeah. And we're a week late on putting out this episode. Yeah, fair. Uh, fair, fair, fair. But I, I, I don't know how long it's actually been, <laughs> episode-wise. Anyway, Willow and Tara saunter in looking around while a bunch of people dance in costume. Tara shames Luke and Leia for being brother and sister while grinding. The judgy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they banter a little, uh, her and Willow, about uh, geek-infested roots. It actually feels like a good moment for yeah. a little... Feels like there feels like a good moment, and then Willow has to fucking squash it under her fucking heel. Yeah, they're like making up and you know getting along again, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's good, that's good. And they even have a, a quick kiss, and it's yeah. really nice. And um, she's like, wait, I have to try to turn you on now, and she's like, you shut up, and they kiss, and it's really cute. But uh, but then yeah, Willow goes to shift the whole room into an alternate dimension, and like just to see if she can find a fifteen-year-old girl in the room. And Tara, how dare you? For fuck's sake, Willow! Like I can actually buy your logic with the fucking decorations, right? It was instant, easy cleanup, no muss, no fuss. That logic I can get behind, but. The logic behind, I'm going to shift the entire fucking club of people to a different dimension for just a split second. Just for a second. Just a quick second. This this falls into the category of, like, it's not so much a problem that there is a chance it could go wrong. It's that... Even if it is the tiniest, most minute chance of things going wrong, the consequences of it going wrong are so extreme that you can't take that chance. It's really not your call to take that risk with that many people's safety just because you're looking for someone. Right, and like, on a whim, what dimension, Willow? What dimension are they (laughs) going to end up in? Which dimension? (laughs) Tell me. And what would Giles think? And Willow refuses to listen to reason and takes it all very personally and then mutes the room with magic instead of shifting dimensions. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm even on board with just muting the room. Right. Like, they don't even notice. And to me, that is like, okay, maybe that was actually just them putting kind of like a, 
a barrier around themselves to like block out the sound. Yeah, that makes they're perfect affecting sense. themselves, yeah. not the exactly. room, really. And uh, so, and they're just doing this so they can have quiet to argue in the moment. And yeah. Tara finally uh, just says what she's fucking thinking. Willow, you're using too much magic. What do you want me to do? Just sit back and keep my mouth shut? And Willow, whole foot in face. Well, that'd be a good start. I mean, we're not talking foot and mouth. We're talking leg to the hip. Yeah. <laughs> talking turned herself inside the fuck out. Can I make just a, a quick nod to the amazingness of acting where when Tara is stressed, she slightly stutters? You may not, but also yes. <laughs> like that is brilliant work. It is. Yeah. I wonder if she was directed to do that or if that was an acting choice because it's canonically part of her character that yeah. she used to stutter. And I love that she brings that back when she gets upset. Um, and so she storms off after the line. If I didn't love you so damn much, I would, which was the perfect thing to say that yeah. really crams the guilt in and just has that stick it to you feeling mm. like the best of both worlds. Love it. And she storms off and Willow knows she fucked up now. Well, number one, man, a real fight is a mess because you have to really care about somebody to fight like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what hurts the most. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like I saw a Facebook post about that recently. So cool. Yeah. That's how we know things are legit. Once upon a time, there was um, a kitty. She was very little, and she was all alone, and nobody wanted her. Did the kitty get chosen by some nice people? Well, now you ruined the ending. Cut back to Creepy McCreeperson and making out. Yeah, we're in the car. Don and Justin are still making out. He accidentally bites her lip. She tries to say something, and he interrupts, and he's like, you're so beautiful. And she's like, oh, and they keep kissing. She runs her hands up his arms to his face, and oh, no, he's a vampire. Yeah, maybe, maybe the fact that he's room temperature should have hinted at that. You know, uh, she's never kissed anybody before. Maybe she's just never touched any other human being in her life. <laughs> And she's just completely touch starved and has no idea <laughs> that body heat is supposed to be a thing. You know what? <laughs> there was a point in time when Dawn had literally ne never touched anybody ever before the like, think about it. She was created and there was probably a period of time in the very beginning of the first days that she existed yeah where she realistically had never touched anyone yeah. even if she had memories of yeah. it yeah you're right huh and who <laughs> knows how accurate those memories were right right mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so now we're in spike's crypt buffy e and spike share a quick quip about trespassing spike says in civilized cultures that's called trespassing buffy responds good thing you're uncivilized yeah i'm like yeah that's that's the right response exactly i love it Spike informs her about Dawn because Giles got there first. He must have drove. But um, then he's walking later. And I just want to understand how he got there first. I, 
Sunnydale makes no physical right. sense. Well, and I, I was like, I was so expecting them to have a moment where, like, there's weird tension going on between Spike and Buffy, and Giles barges in on it. All right. Like, I was expecting that. Yeah, that would have made more sense, actually, timeline-wise, at yeah. least. But, I mean, no, just geographical logistics of this town, they didn't do a very good job with <laughs> world-building-wise. No. <laughs> um, Like, Spike is about to be like, oh, Giles is off uh, searching the cemeteries. And uh, I'm like, which cemetery, Spike? There's, like, 12 of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this whole city is, like, half cemetery and we're looking for one girl with no clue as to where she could be. And yet Giles finds her very quickly. And this is 2001. There were cell phones. Mhm. They like, didn't really they didn't have GPS though. No, but for fuck's sake, like if there is anybody who should have a fucking cell phone, Desperately it's fucking Buffy. Needs a cell phone, like, yeah. Imagine how much would be helped if Giles answers the phone. Dawn's in trouble. Hang up. Dial Buffy's number. Dawn's in trouble. Well, if only she got the funding that she so desperately deserves. Yeah. But that's canonically not a thing that they get. I still so. think Giles should cut half his watcher's check. Oh, absolutely. The watcher's council should just be paying Buffy yeah. like a million dollars a year. At yeah, least. she should be making three, four times what any watcher makes. Absolutely. Abs. Gender equality, goddammit. <laughs> she does all the work. I mean, she doesn't get paid anything. I know. That's not even gender equality. That's just like, come on, guys. This is just... It's like, just because she's chosen for it doesn't mean you shouldn't properly compensate her for her labor. Yeah, this is more than wage theft at this point. <laughs> yeah. This is basically just slavery. Uh, this is mystical slavery. It... it opportunistic exploitation because they're kind of like oh well she's gonna be slaying vampires anyway anyway like she doesn't have a choice why do we have to pay her we're not slayers we don't have that luxury of being a slayer we have to have tea parties where we can snub our nose at people yeah exactly they got to feel better than people somehow and she's got all the power and they need to feel better than the person with power but we digress so um, so Buffy's like, we got trouble, but she's more right than she knows. Spike informs her that Giles informed him that Dawn is missing and has likely run off for some candy corn mischief. Buffy, of course, freaks out that Dawn is running around by herself. What the hell is this? The 80s? She grabs weapons from the coffin by the <laughs> wall, tosses something to Spike. I think it was a hand, um, hand crossbow. crossbow, yeah, and says, we have to find her. And Spike, the fucking smart ass, is like, I don't think she's in there. <laughs> um, well and that's because at this point buffy still hasn't said there are vampires currently active in sunnydale tonight which was the original problem yeah yeah uh which yeah as you know according to both spike and giles wasn't supposed to be a thing yeah and uh so we cut to a cemetery Ah, uh, cemetery. Luckily, it happens to be the cemetery the that correct. is nearby Makeout Woods. Yeah. Giles searches with a flashlight, muttering to himself, quote of the day, Mist, cemetery, Halloween, should end well. Love it. 
faceplant. It's a bit meta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice pratfall. I was expecting him to like fall into a grave. He just tripped over the flat ground. Uh, yeah, I thought he'd fallen into a grave too. <laughs> I forgot about that. So I was disappointed. <laughs> uh, uh, he hears a scream and quickly finds Zach gnawing on Janice's neck and then kicks Zach's ass. Thank God somebody needed to. Right. Zach doesn't know where Don or Janice doesn't specifically know. trees Zach. Thank you. Oh he doesn't yeah, stake him. He trees him. You know, gets into a nice little <laughs> uh, rough and tumble, if you will. Socks him in the face a couple of times and then shoves him into a tree branch and stakes him that way. Which is the second vampire to die this way in the series. Yeah, yeah. There was one a while back, might have been first or second season that Buffy kicked and flew into a tree. And kind of rings a bell. Yeah. But Janice doesn't know where Dawn is, which is bullshit. She should damn well know where the car is. Right. But then again, if she wasn't paying attention to where she was going when she and was then, like, ah, yeah. come and get me. So, yeah. Cut back to the car. Dawn gets out of the car screaming at him to get off of her because she knows he's a vampire now. He chases her and charms her with talk of just, I just want to hang out and be close to you. <laughs> and, you know, it'll only hurt for a second. And she fucking closes her eyes and waits for him to bite her right. and just like sticks her neck out. She's right. like, okay, I guess this is fine. Why not? Enter Giles. Or Ripper at this point. Yeah, right. He interrupts just in the nick of time. Justin grabs Dawn by the throat and turns her around hostage style towards Giles. And then it turns out that there are a dozen cars here in the makeout woods and they're all filled with vampires. Yeah, he's like, we can do this the easy way. Or the headlights click on all around them. Car doors click and slam as several pairs of other vampires come towards them. And Justin's all cocky like, I'm sorry, what were my choices again? <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> So <laughs> you can tell that he's he was in school with Don, like a legitimate high school student, because at, like at he's, one point he's yeah. dumb like a high school kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I love this fucking part. I'm like, dude, your choices are get killed by Ripper or get killed by Ripper. You fucking asshole. Right. <laughs> so as Giles is surrounded, Spike shows up asking, is this a private party or can anyone join in? The thing with Giles is the the same moment I always like when it's like when you look at somebody it's like this is a person who probably should be scared and they're not right I'm fucked what does he know <laughs> what does he know that, that I, I don't, don't know, know. yeah <laughs> so and then Buffy barges in all, oh my God, you were parking with a vampire? And Don's all, oh, I didn't know. We just met. Buffy's like, oh, so you're parking with a guy you just met. And Don calls Buffy out on her hypocrisy. Because she's being hypocritical. Being a little bit of a hypocrite here. She's like, oh, like you've never fallen for a vampire. Oh, that's different. Don's like, yeah, it always is when it's you. And you know what? Yeah, that no but, fucking point. No, but really, I've known people who are like that. Yeah. They think they get special dispensation for everything they do. It's fucking obnoxious. And like, I can I can kind of understand why Buffy might think this way. Because like when she was 15 and a freshman, she was the slayer. Yeah. That is a bit different, but still. But, like, for fuck's sake. She has to know that that was a poorly informed choice that she yeah. made at the time. And for fuck's sake, Buffy and Willow and Xander went to the bronze all the fucking time in season one. Yeah. Like, 
Why are you Come being on. such a helicopter parent already? Yeah. Jesus hell. So, <laughs> uh, quote of the day, uh, random vampire is like, uh, excuse me, can we fight now? And Buffy's like, hey, didn't anyone come here to just make out? And uh, <laughs> some couple in the background is like, they just raise their hands. I love that this couple turned on their headlights and got out of the car. Because everyone else did? Right. Yeah. Like, fucking sheep. <laughs> and then they're just hanging out anyway. They're like, just go with it. Just go with it. And so Buffy's like, oh, that's sweet. You run. And I thought that was one of the funniest fucking parts in the episode. No, it was. So they fight! The first two kills are by Giles, and they're fucking awesome. Uh-huh. Because Giles is fighting two vamps, and Buffy throws the fucking spike to him, and he catches the wooden stake and then stakes his two vamps mm -hmm. in the most ripper way fucking possible. Oh, yeah. He's it. pretty fucking precise about it. Yeah. He's like, his movements are very staccato. It was, it was very satisfying to yep. watch. Uh, he makes quick work of them. Spike deals with some asshole who's like, hey, man, what's your problem? And Spike's like... Dude, it's Halloween. We take the night off. Guy's like, yeah, but I'm a rebel. And Spike's like, no, I'm a rebel. You're an idiot. And <laughs> dusts him with a one-handed crossbow, then promptly gets tackled by another vamp as he's reloading. Yep. Buffy struggles with some asshole for longer than she really should have. Right. He tries to choke her out with a car antenna, but she backflips and gets him with the antenna and a chokehold. But uh, this guy can kind of handle himself. This, yeah, uh, a little bit. And he gets out of her chokehold, and she opens the car door on him as he's trying to kick her. His foot goes <laughs> through the window, and then she pulls his whole head and body through the window and drops him, and he's just in a fucking clump on the ground. She seizes the moment and just slams the fucking car door on his head. Decapitates him with the car door. Yeah, just it's like a good kill. fucking kingpin it's a good kill. in uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Remember that scene? Yeah. That was a lot more bloody because, you know, real people don't dust. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to Justin catching up to Dawn, and he's trying to essentially woo her again. And it's like, don't you like me? She's like, yes. And then stakes him. Yeah, as he's leaning down to to bite her, she's hiding a stake and just stabs him right in the heart. She watches him dust right on top of her. And uh, she looks like she's about to cry. She doesn't actually on camera. But, you know, that's she She deserves a chance to cry. That was fucking yeah. traumatic. Um, you know, like she was actually falling for this guy. Right. And had he not been a vampire and not like five or six years older, right. they would have been a good couple. Like, no, he was putting on a hell of a good act. Yeah. A hell of a good act. Anyway, back to Buffy's house. Cut back to Buffy's where we get a nice little wrap up. They apologize to Xander and Anya for ruining their little party. He's kind of all right with it. Anya's pretty happy because yeah. they had more time to plan the bridal shower. And she's only half jokingly quipping about hiring obscenely muscular male strippers. Yeah, because as she's like leaving, she mouths to to Buffy, "We'll talk." We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spike fucks off with a quick comment about uh, big bads not venturing out from the crypts on Halloween or something. Buffy says, uh, "Good fight to Spike," which is high praise coming from her to him specifically. Yeah. 
uh, Willow strikes up a convo with Buffy trying to be like, oh, sorry, we missed the big fight. But Tara interrupts and is obviously fucking blind rage livid. Yeah. And she heads up to bed and Willow chases after her because, you know, she values their relationship at all. Uh, Buffy asks Giles how his face is and his response is, oh, still ruggedly handsome. Um, I couldn't tell if they like put some styrofoam under his lip or something to make it look swollen or if it was just because of the ice pressed against his mouth that it looked a little weird and different. Right. Like maybe he was like pressing on the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it it looked like he was actually injured without with very little actual makeup work. Um, I thought they did a good job on that or it was all in my mind's eye. Don't know. Anyway. He uh, Giles insists that they can't ignore this kind of behavior in Dawn, and Buffy's like, couldn't agree more. Good luck with that. And she fucks off upstairs to right. bed. Man, that is some white man energy right there. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and uh, Giles, deciding to handle that problem later, heads over to handle Dawn in the here and now. And this is possibly the most terrifying thing that ever right. comes out of Giles's mouth ever. Yeah. Quote of the day. Don says, is this the part where you tell me you're not angry, just disappointed? And Giles says, pretty much. Except for the bit about not being angry. Yeah. And I was like, and we don't get to hear the lecture. Ooh, that's I fucking. Kind of, I kind of would have liked to hear the lecture. Yeah. Oh, man, that was chilling. Chilling. Yeah. I tell you. Like, I, I I think to myself, man, Giles would have been a great dad. I wish I had Giles as a dad. But then I'm like, <laughs> but if I ever fucked up. <laughs> God damn. That's honestly, uh, that kind of energy is a bit how my dad was <laughs> when he was like legitimately had a reason to be angry for something I did. Right. It was that very cold way calm kind of like oh this is terrifying yeah my dad too a little bit now that you mention it but it it came up so very not often like he was usually concentrating on my brother because my brother was a huge fucking douchebag yeah while we were growing up i was uh (laughs) i was mischievous when i was a kid so there was a lot of that i wasn't see i was terrified of being reprimanded in any way so i was always uh as compliant as possible so as to avoid any yeah. kind of well, reprimanding see that's how i was with my at my mom's house because that place was so unhinged but at my dad's house he actually let me be a person right yeah and then you know sat down and had very big important talks when i fucked up but like when i was a kid i didn't quite realize that how much better that was. Yeah. Every time we talk about our childhoods, I realize how scary similar they were. Yeah, they really were. That's <laughs> so fucking weird. They really were. So anyway, <laughs> um, cut to Willow in Tara's room. Yeah, where they, they're still fighting. Willow tries to apologize, but not really very well. She jokes about turning back time to take it back with... Which is a tasteless joke under the circumstances. Right. Like, take this seriously at least, Willow. And then, you're, you're not going to fix this yeah. by keeping it lighthearted. She's like, you know what? Let's just forget it. Yeah, Tara doesn't want to do this With now. With magic. Tara's <laughs> like, 
I'm tired. Let's not do this right now. And yeah, holy hell, I've been there. Good luck sleeping in the same bed with someone you're pissed off at, though. Right. You're either going to end up arguing after two hours of passive-aggressive flopping around restlessly, or you'll end up having um, a forget spell cast on you, and you'll have a beautiful, adorable, serene yeah. moment falling asleep effortlessly, cuddled up to your partner because they're gaslighting the fuck out of you. Yeah. But with magic. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here. It felt like this episode ended abruptly with this. Like, obviously I know why. <laughs> because... Once more with feeling is next, but it still felt abrupt. It, it well, it's because they didn't resolve it. You know this, right? It's one Nor of the. Should they? Have. I don't think they could not have an ending like this, right? In a show that does serialized plots, you know. Yeah. All right, how did you feel about this episode, Rex? I didn't like it. Really? I mean, like I said earlier, the the simple reality of the situation with the age and everything just yeah it it was so so cringe to me that i just i could not even remotely enjoy the episode yeah that was inappropriate like i like i honestly if i hadn't been watching the episode for this podcast i would have turned it off damn like that's how much it bothered me and it, like through the whole episode, I'm like, but I love this show. Yeah. I love this show. And I like I was so deeply bothered by it. Mm -hmm. So like I just, yeah, I did not like it. Yeah. Well, so that aside, yeah, I would have for a Halloween episode, I so much more would have enjoyed if the dudes just hadn't been vampires. Yeah. And they all got fucked with by a creepy, evil old man. And then they There's got nothing clever about this, uh, wh whether he turned out to be a demon or a ghost or even just a serial killer yeah. or something. Um, they could have had so much fun with that extra plot yeah, uh, or not extra plot, but alt alternative plot. And then they could have gone the angle of like the reason why Dawn ends up not dating this this boy is that like because he's dead they, well <laughs> either either they're dead from the the creepy old man or like they put them in the situation yeah you know there's some that other was, sort of falling yeah, out exactly and like, you know not had the the scene where you had a 15 year old girl make out with a grown man Yeah, he puts him in like a saw situation yeah. where he ch ends up choosing his own life instead of hers and she narrowly escapes partially due to you know her and janice's cunning but also probably buffy would bust in and save them yeah. at some point as well and then we would have got a kool-aid man moment too yeah absolutely we, we really didn't get any <clears throat> solid kool-aid man moments this episode no there was zero cleverness of this episode. It being Halloween uh -huh. did not matter. Yeah, as far uh, on the on the scale of Halloween episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, rock bottom. Ro the 
this one is six feet under. <laughs> like, that's yeah. where this one is. Yeah, this one is sub-level. Yeah. It, uh. Sub-par, if you will. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, but what I will say for this episode is they're doing a really good job of building the tension, be- the sexual tension between Buffy and Spike. Yeah. Regardless of how appropriate or inappropriate we may think that is. They're doing a really good job of building on that plot mm-hmm. and waiting for the right moment to further it. Right. Um, they're doing a really good job with Xander and Anya, even though they did right. fuck all this episode other than I mean, announce their engagement and then be excited about it. And Xander starts to get cold feet. If you take out every aspect of this episode that was specifically setting up for the next episode. You've got the worst monster of the week episode. Yeah, it's junk. Yeah. It's junk. You can't even really call it Monster of the Week because they just defaulted to, oh, it's a couple of vampires. Yeah. Random ass vampires, which at this point, the stakes are so low right. on random ass vampires. And, like, and I can kind of understand that necessity because, you know, hey, we're setting up to do this ridiculously big budget fucking musical episode and we need to set the storyline up for the fact that like... We wrote all these songs. Yeah. <laughs> and like that makes sense to me, but they phoned it the fuck in. But it it does I like the idea that they're moving along with Dawn's rebellion. Dawn's rebellion yeah. is evolving <clears throat> a bit. Yeah. Um and she's growing up and she's acting out in different ways, not just stealing from the store. And a big part of that is like I'm actually because I don't remember. Like, I want to know how her behavior resolves, like, by the end of the season. Yeah, I don't remember like, either. I don't remember how it resolves. And, like, because I don't recall there being any real, like, issues with this, like, dynamic between her and Buffy in season seven. Uh-huh. So, like, obviously it must resolve in some way. So I'm really curious to see how that does. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't remember at all. Right so. there with you. Good thing we're doing this podcast. Yeah. About that stuff and the premise of the podcast is that we have bad memories because we're old (laughs) yeah even though we're really not old we're just millennials there's a difference (laughs) elder millennials yeah we're the (laughs) oldest millennials that exist yeah damn it (sighs) i know i know um well do you got a quote of the day (laughs) yeah i got a quote of the day (laughs) You say what you want about this episode. There were a few good ones. Oh, yeah. There were there were some really good ones. Because um, this one is kind of a threefer. I got to go with the exchange at the party before shit goes south. Xander says, yeah, you got to know what to call them before they hit college. Giles <laughs> says, uh, Rupert is an exceptionally strong name. Anya says, ha, as if we want our progeny to eat paste and have their lunch money stolen. That is a good, well, it's more of a double banger than a triple banger. Xander and Anya are just on top of it there. I enjoyed that very much. I'm going to have to go with the the exchange in the magic shop before this. uh, When Buffy and Giles are reacting to the news. I didn't write the lead up, but Buffy says, Is that why you're always cleaning your glasses so you don't have to see what we're doing? (laughs) Yeah. And Giles is just deadpan, tell no one. Tell no one. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think I like it mostly because it's a very self-aware couple of lines. Mm -hmm. Like, they know they're being ridiculous. Yeah. 
They're having a good time. Yeah. We're all having a good time. I would say my runner-up quote moment for this would be towards the end. This is a solid Buffy being the uh, the one-liner queen. Yeah. Random Vamp says, excuse me, can we fight now? Buffy says, hey, did anyone come here to just make out? Guy and a girl raise their hands. Ah, oh, that's sweet. You run. <laughs> Fantastic. I and laugh. also, I'm pleased that those two people looked age appropriate. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I laughed out loud. Yeah. I really need to, I, I never think to do it in the moment, and then I never remember exactly which moments made me laugh out loud. I need to start notating that. They're not super far and few between, but they're rare enough that they're worth notating, you know? Yeah. Uh, bursts of raw emotion. <laughs> Well, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Uh, Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. We still do a good amount of interacting with there. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. We don't really use it much anymore, though. Not really. Um, We are, however, going to probably be putting more stuff on YouTube and hopefully TikTok soon, maybe. You talking about my shorts? Yeah. I would like to just start uploading each episode to YouTube so we have the full podcast available on YouTube. Um, If you'd like to support us, there's a number of ways you can do that. The easiest and honestly biggest way you can support us is just doing an iTunes review. Do an iTunes review, and as we talked about earlier, if we get up to 75, we're giving away a hoodie. Any of the people who have given us a written review will be in the drawing for the hoodie. Oh, yeah. Free hoodie. I mean, come on. Free clothing. Fucking A right. We'll even customize it for you. Yeah, exactly. Hell, we'll put your name on it. Whatever you want. Honestly, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. If you'd like to more directly support us, you can do that uh, by, you know, buying a hoodie. You can do that at our shop, beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to just give us your cold, hard-earned cash, you can do that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Just fork it right on over. Just fork it right on over. stick it into my veins. (laughs) (laughs) And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that via email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can give us a call or text our voicemail line, 269-743-0783. Messages on Facebook as well. We that, that works too. That's probably the best way, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty quick. Other than that, we want to thank JJ Treadway for opening, closing, and transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Keep my speed, Rex. Reeves be with you. Well. Yeah, I don't know.
done why are we watching this 